Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. So go and add in your Bibles, Acts chapter eight. We've uh, been in a great series here this summer where the vision is to look at Acts and look at some of the themes that we find in Acts and really get our eyes off ourselves and get our focus on others. And I think in this time, the temptation is to look at me, 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 me. And the vision is for us to look at what are the themes in Acts and how can we live as Jesus Church in 2020 in this, uh, in this global pandemic season, see others and not just self. And so uh, we spent the first week uh, talking about the power of God. And our theme verse has been Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jer- Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And we talked about the power of God and supernatural power. Uh, and then we talked out of Acts 2 and we talked about unity and being together. Uh, and that was a fun week where we talked about as we, even as we go through this, we go through this together. And then oh, we talked about boldness, um, walking in supernatural boldness and uh, today, I want us to talk a little bit about being wor- witnesses, the word witnesses. And, um, and so we're going to go Acts 1. We're going to look at Acts 4. I actually want to camp out, start in Acts 8, uh, because we've got this great storyline about not just the apostles being witnesses, but it's the story of when the apostles <laughs> proclaim the gospel and then people leave Jerusalem and they become witnesses or the, the language that Luke gives us here is that they become preachers. They become declarers, heralders, proclaimers. And uh, I just want us to kind of see that over our lives so that you see yourself as a proclaimer, as a preacher, as a declarer, as a witness, both with words and with deed, with actions. And so Acts chapter eight, we're going to start there. Verse one, it says, on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem and all except the apostles were scattered. Say scattered. That's a great word. I'm going to, I'm going to highlight that word. They were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. So let's just look at that real quick. So Acts 1, 8 is, you'll be my witnesses in, Jer- in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Now there's a flip. Acts 8, 1, Luke who is a doctor, he's a thinker, and he's giving us, it's not, Acts 1-8 isn't just poetic. It's actually here now, we've got the account of how the scattered church actually then does go into Judea and Samaria. So these first seven chapters, we're seeing Jerusalem, and now 8-1, we go into Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered, there's that same word again, those who had been scattered preached. So those people that had left, those people who had been scattered, they did something. What did they do? They were preachers. They were declaring. They were heralding. They were proclaiming. They preached the word. And where? On a stage? No, wherever they went. So we're not just talking about apostles to big crowds. This context is leaving Jerusalem. These are people that came to faith and they're preaching or proclaiming wherever they went. 
Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there, which is amazing to hear this because this is an unknown city. This is just a city in Samaria. And when the crowds heard Philip, so not Peter and John, famous Peter and John, this is Philip. This is just unknown Phil right here and saw the signs he performed. So heard him preach, saw the signs. And I love this here in verse six. When they saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. So there's the message, but there's the signs and they paid close attention because of the miracles, because of the signs for with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. Then Luke gives us just this next great phrase. So there was great joy in that city. Father, in Jesus name, we ask Lord that your word would come alive inside of our hearts. I ask Lord for an increase of proclamation preaching, witnessing miracles that leads to great joy in our city. I pray that in this city, there would be supernatural joy because of the work of God. We ask, Lord, that in addition to all the exterior things we tend to look at, and if we could just get all those exterior things right in our city, then there'd be joy. But God, we ask that you would be exalted and that we would see God at work through his church, and then there'll be great joy in our city. So I pray that you would use your people, your church, to be your hands and your feet in our city. We honor you and we love you. Amen. So yesterday at Serve Day, I was talking to uh, this couple that said, hey, we love Radiant Church and God's been doing a great thing in our heart. They talked about how in the Psalm series, God was doing something in their heart. And they said, however, we haven't been back. Tell me about the new space. And I said, you haven't seen it yet. They said, no, we haven't seen it yet. But here's what God is doing in our life. And I was encouraged because though they've never been to this space, they haven't been back. They haven't seen it. But God is still at work in their hearts and their lives. I talked to another lady who said yesterday uh, at Serve Day, she said, hey, I've been coming to Radiant Church since Easter Sunday. And she said, but I've never actually been to the space. I'm just, I'm watching online, but here's what God's doing in my heart. And here was my thought. We're scattered like never before. Like just right now, this is for many a scattered season. And so we could be discouraged by that, or we could ask God, what does it look like for me to do the scattered season well? What's it look like for me in the midst of the season where I'm not able to gather or it's, I'm wearing a mask or I don't know how to, I mean, it's just different. How, how do I do this season where I'm more scattered than I'm used to? So we want to gather well. And when we read in Acts, when we talked about that, we talked about gathering and how they devoted themselves to the word of God and teaching and to, the, and, and, and to prayer and to communion. And, and we talked about what, what the, the gathered church does. But here in Acts 8, we've got a beautiful picture of what the scattered church does. So that when you think about your own life, it's not just, what do I do when I gather at church? So when I gather at church, you know, I, I sing a song and I worship with the saints and I encourage one another and I listen to the word of God and all those things are wonderful. Or when I'm in my small group and I'm sitting around in a circle, not just in a row, but in a circle and I'm talking to people and we're engaging about life change. We're talking about how we're going to help each other really follow Jesus, what that looks like. Or when I'm at a serve project and we're making a difference in our city, all those things, the gathered saints. And we're the people of God when we're the scattered saints. And we're the people of God when we're taking the good news of the gospel to 
our city and why I just fell in love with Acts 8 this week was because of this phrase, there was joy in the city. And I want to get to that joy. I want to talk about where we get to that joy because there's, it's a two-pronged joy. It's a, it's a joy that the people that heard the gospel experienced it's, it's a joy that the people that received ministry, like the lame were healed, they experienced joy. And it's a joy that the people that proclaimed the gospel experienced in doing what mat- matters forever. Did you hear that? I meant to say matters and I said masks. It's just all up in me right now. What masks forever? What matters forever, right? And, and, and that's, that's my dream for us. My dream for us is that we would get to that so that we would experience the joy that comes from God and not just constantly live in the rat race, trying to get happiness by fixing all my external circumstance. Because you know what? That is a rat race that will never end. External circumstance is always going to be hard, but there's a supernatural experience of joy in God's people when God's people do what God says to do. And so I'm just looking at this. And I know typically that we give three points. That's kind of the way that You learn to do it in seminary. I don't know why, but we just always give three points. But today, this is not a three-point sermon. Today, this is an equation, right? This is like, you you gotta finish second grade math to understand this one today because what I read in the text is not three points. What I read is, here's the scattered saints and they proclaimed, they preached, they declared, they spoke in this unknown city in Samaria. And you've got Philip preaching, and you've got people preaching, and you've got miracles happening. And preaching plus miracles equaled great joy. And my hope is that today we would step into some of what this city in Samaria experienced. Some joy beyond just the stock market was right and the, the lawn was mowed and the kids were in the right school and I looked better than I did last year and all the things that we tend to fill up our lives with and that there's a supernatural experience. There's, there's some God joy taking place in your life. There's some, there's some I, I, I'm experiencing doing what God's called me to do and I'm experiencing him. I'm experiencing some joy. And you were made by God where you experience joy or delight when you make a difference. Like when you do something that helps others, you experience joy. And where I want us to get is not just where we make a difference for people now, but where their eternal destiny is impacted because you fulfilled your calling. Because you stepped, you wanna talk about joy. I mean, when you think about the eternal destiny of other people and you saying yes to what God has for your life, and you being the herald, the proclaimer, the witness, the preacher, with your words and with your life, with your actions and with your words, and then their eternal destiny is changed. That's where I want you to go. I want you to just see it. And we all experience just the joy of somebody that makes a difference. Our our favorite family movie for family movie night right now is the movie called Wonder. And, uh, My kids really like it because it's the story of a little kid who helped make a difference in his school. And then they voted him like, you know, the award of the year for helping people. So it's a kid that makes a difference. Renata and I like it because it's the story of a very cool dad and a very organized mom that invests their lives in a kid. And we just feel that. And so anyway, it's Julia Roberts and... um, the cool guy. Anyway, I can't remember his name, but I resonate with him. And uh, he's really back. 
And, uh, it, but it's, it's because it's, it's, but it's a movie that makes you feel good because you're like, oh, they're making a difference. And I, I think of uh, my family, uh, when I was growing up, we always watched It's a Wonderful Life. And that's the whole idea of the movie, right? At Christmas time, Jimmy Stewart, it's the story of, oh, Clarence looks at him and says, you really lived a wonderful life, you know? And, 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 and it, the idea is, is that because of you, it, your life impacted lots of other people. Beautiful idea. I want you to think about that, about eternity. Your life impacting us so that there's, there's some beauty in, in there is great beauty in helping people live better lives. There is eternal beauty in helping them spend eternity with God. And so, so this great joy that exists for the believer in spreading and the great joy experienced by the receiver in getting the good news of the gospel that changes their lives, the good news of the gospel that transforms them, that produces great joy. And so it's easy for us to just get off task. It's just easy for us to just kind of miss it and just kind of like lose focus of our priorities. And, and I want to just refocus about our big worldview, our big win, our, our touchdown, our goal is this gospel proclamation to our world and to the ends of the earth. Like that is what we read from Jesus. That is where the book of Acts goes. That is what our life is about. Yet it's easy to not live that way. It's easy to live with other things starting to fill up our lives and we end up distracted. And I don't want us to end our lives and not fulfill what Jesus has called us to in terms of your witness, your mission, your proclamation, you helping other people come to know Jesus and be with Jesus forever. Like that's, that's what we're called to do. So like, for example, for me, I don't know what your, uh, if you were to think of like a task that you have to do, how easy it is for you to get distracted, right? Like for me, one of the, one of the tasks that I have is I write sermons. That's one of the things I do. I write a message for every week. And so that for me, I have times where I just block off. This is sermon prep time where I'm studying the scriptures. I'm praying, I'm digging in on Bible commentaries. I'm thinking, all right, I'm working on ideas. However, I am amazed how often that is the chief time where I am distracted, right? Because it's like, mm, here we go, focus in. I mean, I got Logos Bible software going. I got my blank document going. Here we go. And then all of a sudden, kapow, text message comes in. And then it's not just a text message. It's an audio text that's four and a half minutes long, right? Wow, like that's a, that's, that's a long distraction. And then you're like, all right, back at it. And then it's an email, mm, urgent rec- reply needed now, mm, right? Then it's just this is a little alert from ESPN. Got to go there. You know, like, <laughs> I'm just saying like all the, and, and before long, it's easy to finish. An hour goes by and you're not even close to accomplishing the mission, and I would just want to say in your life and in my life, it's easy for us to have all these things come into our lives. And we think, well, I got to do all these things. And my culture says, I've got to check this box. And my social you know, dynamic needs to check that box. And, I, and before too long, it's easy to not accomplish your mission, your goal. What's your big goal? Well, Jesus says, you will receive power and the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And you've got an opportunity in your lifetime to both be saved, be a follower of Jesus and proclaim it to your world and beyond. And I just want to invite us to make sure we don't get distracted and end up missing our mission, getting distracted and not fulfilling what God's called us to fulfill. So we've got it as a church, but you've got it as a person. You've, you've, you've got to, there are people in your life that it is your joy. It is your privilege. It's your opportunity to take the good news of Jesus to them. 
And that's where I want you to think today. I want you to think about my temptation to be distracted. And then I know when you hear preaching, when I say preaching or witnessing, either word, preaching, that's Acts 8, preaching, Acts 1, witnessing, same idea. It's declaring, it's proclaiming. Sometimes we immediately think, oh, that's somebody else, or that's not me, or that's awkward. Inherent in it is something awkward. I just don't want you to think. I don't want you to think big event. I want you to think small conversation. I don't want you to just think about, like for me, my, my, my mind, even when I hear like a word like preaching or evangelism or witnessing, I tend to, eat, my, my, my mind either goes to a person going house to house or my mind goes towards like a big Billy Graham crusade or a promise keeper stadium at Arrowhead. I kind of t- go towards those things. And today I just want you to see Acts chapter one. It's people that heard and went into Samaria and they preached, and this is the phrase, everywhere they went. That's not a web stream. That's not a stage. That's, there's, that's not lights. That's everywhere you go. So preaching with our lives, how we live, that says a lot. And preaching with your words where you declare, what is the root? What's going on inside of you? Why do you live a life of supernatural power? Why do you live a life of supernatural set-apartness, holiness unto God? Why? So my dream for us is that you would begin to even think that way. Okay, I'm a, I am a witness. I'm called to be a witness. I am a witness. I am a preacher. I am a heralder. Listen to the way that Peter and John said this. This is fun. Uh, Acts chapter four, verse 20. We're gonna go back because a witness is just simply this. A witness is someone who tells what they have seen and what they've heard. Peter and John give us that de- definition. It says this. And when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, which is right in the sight of God? To give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. And then they give this verse, for we cannot stop. We cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and what we've heard. That's the witness idea. It's what I've seen and what I've heard. I've seen, I've heard, and I got to speak of what I've seen and what I've heard. So a lot of times we just think of obedience. We just think of like, oh, they are being obedient. Jesus told them Acts 1-8, they'd be witnesses. Jesus prepared them for this moment. And now they're just doing what they're told to do. And I love that motivation. And there are lots of times where we are just obedient and we don't feel a thing. I'm just going to obey. It's my conviction. And there are moments where we're like, that's where I'm at. But I think that there are also moments where we experience the joy of our salvation and we're exploding with delight and can't help but talk about that which we've seen and heard. And you find that in Acts 5. So they're still told, stop preaching. And this time when they go before the Sanhedrin, listen to Luke, he gives a little window into their heart, into their emotion. Same idea, next chapter, it says, the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing. Fun word, rejoicing? Yeah, they've been beaten And they're leaving rejoicing, rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering. Ha, strange concept. They're rejoicing because they've been counted worthy, suffer disgrace for the name. What were they doing? Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming, witnessing, preaching the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Okay, so deeply embedded in this is this rejoicing. It's this explosion of joy. It's this delight in proclaiming. How do we get that? 
How do we get in on that? Because when we hear that, we go, yikes. It's hard enough for me to hear the obedience motive and just do it. Let alone rejoice in suffering for proclaiming. And I just want to invite you to this. It's, I think that there's, there's, I just want to double click on the idea of, of the idea of a witness seeing and hearing. Because I think the rejoicing, I think that rejoicing increases when we understand that they were seeing and hearing. I believe when you have seen more, you'll want to say more. And when you have heard more, you'll want to say more. But when we haven't seen much, it's easy not to want to speak much. When we haven't heard much, it's easy to not want to speak much. But a witness tells what they've seen and heard. And if you are overflowing with how much you've seen, it's easy to overflow in speech. It's easy to overflow in proclamation. I just picture even like uh, on Wednesday night, we were praying through Revelation 4 on the prayer meeting. And I'm just picturing the heavenly scene where you've got the proclamation. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. You've got this holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And it's this forever declaring who God is because they never cease staring, beholding. And we always behold what we become. And when you see more, it's easier to speak and to declare. I wanna invite you to a life of worship where you see more. When you see more, you wanna speak more. It just, it's, it's the joy of, I've beheld him. It's just, it's something that, ah, oh, he's awesome. I can't help but just overflow and speak. When Renata and I got engaged, we got engaged in 1999 in Chicago. And, and the, the, the first thing that we did after we got engaged at the top of the Sears Tower, and right after that, we came down the uh, elevator and we went to the nearest payphone. Yeah, half of you are like, what's that? If you're like... That's, that's a different day. We found a payphone. We were college kids. We didn't have cell phones. Called people we knew. What's up? I got some good news. Right? Because we were overflowing with it. Yeah. This is, I can't help but proclaim it. I want you to know. I'm going to put all my change in this payphone in Chicago. Right? Here's what I invite you to. Not your habit. And I, I, I get that. I, I, I'm, I'm all for like, I'm 100% for build a better habit. That's good. Go read another book on it, another podcast. Mm, right habits, mm, good. And I'm good on the habit of witnessing. I think it's great. I'm for it, 100%. Don't hear me not saying that. Do it, do it. It's great. Obedience is good. I'm just telling you, I think there's obedience and I think there's this internal reality that will help you desire to witness, to proclaim, to preach when you've seen more or, or, or hear. I think about hearing and I think about hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. I think about, actually Jesus told them that they, they would hear, they would hear the Holy Spirit. He warned them that in Luke 12, 11, it says, when you are brought before the synagogues, rulers and authorities, do not worry about what you, about, do not, sorry, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say. Don't worry about what you're gonna say. It says, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. It's this idea of hearing what the Holy Spirit is saying. So we're listening to what the Spirit's saying and we're just saying what the Holy Spirit's saying. And hearing is, I think, filling up on hearing through the word of God. Just reading it, getting it in you. 
Like, I'm amazed when I just read Acts 2, 3, and 4, and I just read Peter quoting all this scripture. Here's a Galilean fisherman, and he's got the opportunity at Pentecost to preach, and he's quoting, I mean, going after Joel 2, Psalm 16, Psalm 110. I mean, Psalm 110 is hard. I mean, he's like, it's a priestly order of Melchizedek, and he's just giving some of that. I mean, like, the Galilean fisherman is proclaiming the word of God. You want to be a proclaimer more? Boy, get the word of God inside of you. Just listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. God, I want to be a seer. I want to see God. I want, to, I want to hear more. I want the word of God. I want to hear the Holy Spirit. And you'll watch. Proclamation won't be the miserable discipline I have to do as a follower of Jesus. It'll be the overflow of enjoying my life source. He's, he's who I see. He's who I worship. He's, and I've heard his voice. Proclamation, preaching, witnessing in Acts 8. But then there's this other one. It's this plus, this, this is the story of these miracles. And I just think that's amazing. But here in, in the, I mean, just think about this straight up phrase that Luke gives us about Philip. Philip went down to a city, they don't tell us, in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he had, to what he said. So when they saw the signs, they, they paid close attention. I'm just telling you, this was, this was true in the life of Jesus too. Like remember in John 4, that story where Jesus talks to the Samaritan woman and she has some of the same idea. She hears a supernatural word, like a word of knowledge. And then she goes back and says, ah, who is he? Listen to this, John 4. It's the same idea. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? It's, it's a, wow. Wow. I want to hear what you have to say because of the supernatural activity that's taken place. Friends, we're in a season right now where I believe if we will lean in and pray and ask God, we will see miracles. Jesus connected with people in the midst of their pain. When they needed healing because they were lame, their eyes were blind, they had the, the lady that just committed adultery and in shame. There's all these moments where you see a, a miraculous Jesus. There's these moments where Jesus where they heal the physical pain of the leper. It's, it's in people's pain where there's a, a place for miracles. It's in their hurt. And so here's Jesus and Jesus goes to the place of hurt and pain. And that, that supernatural activity, that God at work activity is a place where it opens people up to say, tell me more. I, I, I want the message because of the miracle. I'm open to the message. I've experienced the miracle. Right now we're in a time where there's a lot of pain. Right now we're in a time where there's a lot of hurt. And if we'll be the people of God and just believe in prayer for miracles and step out of our comfort zone and just ask God to perform miracles in the midst of people's pain, people's hurt, you'll be surprised how when a miracle happens, the message is proclaimed. And there's your opportunity. Tell me more. My heart, it's an op the result is an open heart. 
I'm intrigued, I'm interested, I wanna know. Many times when you hear about miracles, we tend to think, ah, not for me, back burner item, somebody else. I just wanna invite you to read Acts and see God doing miracles and look at the people around you, your circle of influence and begin to ask God, where do you wanna use me? God, who are the actual specific proper names of people that I can help them, I can pray for them. I can see God miraculously touch them. And I know you'll have people, just like always, you'll have people that say, well, I don't know if that's really a miracle. Like every time that, like I had just today, after this last service, people come up and they would tell me about praying for someone and someone being healed. And then there's always kind of cynics that will say things like, ah, it's just, it's just a coincidence. Yeah, I don't know. But the people of God who prayed the prayers of God always tend to see the most coincidences. And you can't talk us out of the fact that God's at work. And I'm telling you, right now where there's pain in our city, there's an opportunity to pray, to look at people in their pain. And then the culture shifts. Like I just, uh, Renata and I were talking with Aaliyah this week and she's one of the young adults in our church. And she was telling a story about God healing her last summer. And so it's a story of physical healing that took place at our bold conference. But the, the joy wasn't just around her. It was her whole friend group and that young adult group that saw God at work. And there's just, oh yeah, fresh, fresh faith, fresh Acts 8. There's joy. And when God wants to save souls and God wants to heal bodies and God uses God's people to accomplish God's mission, if you'll be open, all right, Lord, I want to be a witness. I, I, I want to be a proclaimer. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. All right, God, where's my Jerusalem? Where's my Judea? What are the concentric circles? What are the, where, where are you calling me to make a difference? Where can I proclaim? Where can I pray and ask God for miracles? Step into the pain, lean into the pain. Jesus didn't walk away from the pain. What, Americans, we love to walk away from pain. Mm. Somebody hurting? Ooh. Financial need? Oh, step away. I wanna to go to where there's no health problems, no financial problems, everything's comfortable. That's the way we're trained. That's the way we think. But in the kingdom, it was like a magnet for Jesus. He was attracted, went after the hurting, went after, proclaimed good news to the poor. And I wanna invite you to ask God, Lord, where are you drawing me? How can I be a witness? This is your purpose beyond the seven purposes that you tend to create in your life that really don't have an eternal purpose. Don't get me wrong. You can have a subset. Great marriage, yep, great. Great family, great. Financial stability, great. But all those things are unto the biggest one so that I can proclaim Jesus. So they can see Jesus in my marriage. They can see Jesus through how I do run my finances. They can see Jesus through... All the, but the ultimate end one 
The ultimate end one is not those. No, the ultimate end is I'm a witness. The ultimate end was I'm a part of what Jesus is doing on, in, on, on the planet today. So I want to invite you, if you would, would you just bow your heads and we just ask God, just Lord, help me see somebody, just one person who needs God, who's in pain. Maybe they're in financial pain. Maybe they're in physical pain. Maybe they're in a relational breakdown. Maybe they're isolated. Maybe they're in prison. And we just, we just pray for that person right now. We ask God to do a miracle in their life. We ask God to open the door for them to come to know Christ. We ask the Lord to use you to be his voice, to be the answer to your own prayers. Father, we ask in Jesus' name, help us be witnesses here in Kansas City and in America to the ends of the earth, God. Maybe you're watching online or you're in the room and you want to give your life to Jesus today. I want to invite you just to pray this prayer. Father, I come before you today and I give you my life. Save me. I don't want to be the Lord of my life. You be the Lord of my life. I give you everything. I don't want to go my way. I go your way. Change me. I want to spend eternity with you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, whether you're in the room or online, I want to invite you just to email us, yes, at radiantchurchkc.com. Just tell us that you, may, you gave Jesus your yes, you made that decision to follow Jesus. We'll be in touch with you this week and help you on your journey with Christ.